Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. What's up, Fusion? How y'all doing? What's up, Fusion? How you doing? There we go. Even if you're not feeling good, act like you are. Yeah. It helps. I'm telling you. Just smile. Everybody take a second in this moment. Just, just smile. Some of y'all are like, I'm telling you, you can actually help yourself by just smiling. Relax a little bit. You're still alive, right? Unless nobody just passed out dead, right? Everybody's still alive? Okay. You guys have something to be grateful for? Amen. You guys have something to be grateful for? Do you? I'm telling you. Hey, there we go. Yeah, be grateful for your wife. An attitude of gratitude helps. All right. I just felt to say that because some of y'all looking gloomy, man. And we all have stuff going on, right? But you can be grateful. God tells us that there's fullness of joy in his presence. We're in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Is God good? All the time. There we go. You know it. He's good. We've been talking for some weeks about the Holy Spirit. We've been learning. I know I've been learning. Has anybody been learning? We've been talking about how God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. I'm hoping, it's, it's really my prayer that after these times, it's not my goal to get up here and talk and impress anybody. It is simply my goal to point you to Jesus, help you to understand who he is and what he wants for your life, what he wants for this world, and what your part is in that. Amen? So I'm hoping and I'm praying that after these messages, between Tuesdays, there's some change happening. There's some interaction between you and God. There's growth in your relationship with God. Otherwise, this is doing nothing for you. But if in between these Tuesdays, you are taking time to engage with God on your own, if you are taking time to read the Bible, if you are taking time to pray, to seek the will of God, to do things for him, through him, or allowing him to do things through you, I really believe that you will be living a more fulfilled life, a more purposeful life. And I think that's, at the end of the day, what we all want. I think we wake up in the morning, and under all of the desires that we might experience, excuse me, my eye was itching. (laughs) Under all of the desires that we might be experiencing, under all of the cravings, under all the plans, under all of the busyness, I think that the the root, the, the heart of what we're experiencing is a desire to be fulfilled. And we're trying to fulfill that in a lot of different ways. Some of us are going straight to God and just, I mean, experiencing the the fullness and the abundant life that Jesus has for us. And some of us are not. And some of us are trying. And some days it feels like we got it. Some days it doesn't. You know, sometimes it feels like you're on top of the world. Some days it feels like the world is on top of you. But I believe that our quest, our journey, our pursuit of God is the most fulfilling thing that we will ever endeavor to do, that we will ever embark on, I really, truly, 100% believe that you can be fulfilled by God, that that is the only way that you're actually going to be fulfilled. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. There are a lot of different things that I could be doing. I might be able to get a job at your job. 
Maybe, at least entry level. You know, work my way up. But instead of being at your job, I'm here. Why? It's because I really believe that God has a plan. I really believe that God has a plan bigger than my plans, bigger than your plans. He has purposes bigger than your purposes, bigger than mine. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. So as we've been, I was actually planning on closing out the Holy Spirit series last week. This isn't, I can't even really call this a series. I just really feel like God is leading me to speak a little more freely in these times. September has just been kind of open. I was planning on talking about a different subject, but I just felt led to continue kind of on the back of what we talked about last week. As we've been talking about engaging with God, we've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, what he wants to do in your life, walking with the Spirit of God as opposed to with your flesh. And ultimately, I asked the question last week, what do you want your life to be about? And as I was just talking about how God has a plan, I felt the need to speak about that tonight, that God wants your life to be about something that he has planned. So the title of tonight's message is very simple. It's, it's much simpler than a lot of the messages. It's just called God's plan. And this isn't to be culturally relevant <laughs> or to reference a Drake song. It's just simply a very simple title. God's plan. I want to pray, and then we'll dive in. God, we thank you for your plan. We thank you for your purpose. Holy Spirit, have your way in these moments. Have your way in this time that we're sitting here listening to you, ready to hear from you. Open our hearts. Help us to calm the distractions. Help us to focus on what you have to say so that we can leave here better than we came in. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, speaking of the Drake song, right? I mean, it just came to my mind. I really wasn't going to talk about it. I don't really like when we do these huge plays on popular culture. I don't really think it's super impactful a lot of the times. However, I do think that it's important because there was a whole song, and this is an attack against Drake, but in essence, the song was saying that what you've seen him accomplish has been God's plan, right? Ah! I don't know if that's the case. You know, as we, as we look at the scriptures, <laughs> as we dive into the word of God, I just, I don't know if I can concur that uh, all that we see him doing is God's plan. However, hit record. <laughs> a lot of people played it. A lot of people still play it. Some of y'all might have been listening to it on the way here, feeling like it's a pre-worship song. <laughs> I know how y'all do, all right? But the reality is, I think it speaks to a lot of us, a lot of our generation, I think we have this idea that the plans that we come up with, the dreams that we pursue, if they happen, it was God's plan. And that's just not true, right? You see Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And the devil goes to Jesus and says, look at all of these kingdoms. Look at all this out here. I have been, these have been given to me. I've been given authority over this and I can give them to whoever I want. So maybe the song should be called Devil's Plan. So, all right, so, because the reality is there are two kingdoms at work And God says that he has a kingdom. And there are some, ooh, there are some rules, some, some differences, some, there's some culture that's a part of God's kingdom. It's very distinct, it's very clear. Jesus came and said that he was coming 
with the kingdom of God, he said that the kingdom of God has come near. Meaning before Jesus came, it wasn't near. But when Jesus came, it was near, near, right? What was he doing? Healing the sick, proclaiming the gospel, the good news that there's salvation available, that we can have relationship with God to turn from our old lives and from our plans to think differently, to repent and to follow him so that we can have a relationship with the Father. That's God's plan. The devil tempts Jesus and says, you can have all of this and I can give it to you because this has been temporarily given to me and I can give it to whoever I want, bow down and worship me. And that's the contingency upon which the devil offers all of this worldly success. And now a lot of us would be like, and I talked about this before, a lot of us would say, no, there's no way. No way I would worship the devil. No, not I. Would never do that. No way I'm putting on a weird little robe and worshiping Satan. Not happening. However, the devil has a lot of followers that aren't claiming to be Satanists. In fact, Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me. And that there's one way to the Father. And that one way is Jesus, and that is God's God's plan. God has a plan and a purpose. Yeah, you guys can clap. God has a plan and a purpose, and it started way before we got here but we get the opportunity to witness it, to be a part of it. God has a plan. God is not sitting around winging it. He's not just freestyling, waking up like, eh, what do I feel like doing today? God is a lot more calculated than that. He has a lot more foresight than I think a lot of us give him credit for. Um, And so I wanna dive into looking at God's plan, specifically in somebody's life so that we can Relate it to ours. I think that God has a plan for your life, but it's not just about your life. Because if we continue thinking the way our culture thinks, that whatever we do that feels good or seems good or seems to have do some good in the world is God's plan, we will never actually be a part of God's plan. And Jesus even said that there would be people who do things in his name. Get in front of him and he says, I never knew you. Because they did not follow God's plan. They might have done some God things, taken some things from the God book, but are you following God's plan? So we talked about how the Holy Spirit is a helper What is he here to help you do? God's plan. So I want us to look, today we're gonna talk a little Old Testament. I know not a lot of you guys read that, but it's important. The Bible outlines God's ways. We get to learn who God is. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. He does not change. He doesn't change his mind. Ever. He was right when he started. He's right when he finishes. He's right always. So he doesn't have to change his mind. And so we can look some thousands of years ago at him interacting with some people and learn some things about God because God then is still the same as God now. Amen? Amen. All right, so we're going to look at Exodus 3. We're going to read 10 whole verses, so brace yourselves. (laughs) Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. 
Then the angel of the Lord, that's an Old Testament term for the Holy Spirit, appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. So not an angel, the angel of the Lord. This is God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. I'm looking at wood burn, but it's not burning. This is strange. Let me go see what's going on over here. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. What's going on over here? (laughs) Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I'm the God of everybody. (laughs) At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I want to stop there real quick and just talk about uh, honor for the presence of God, reverence for the presence of God. I feel like we be, man... Do you know what it would be like for God to just show up right here where you can see him with your eyes? But God is here. Do we act like that? The Holy Spirit is with us, dwelling in us. Do we live like that? Do we treat him like that? Moses hid his face because he didn't even want to see God. And I'm not talking about being scared of God, but I'm just saying, I think that if God really showed up here, I mean, I think some of you guys might be like that type of person that secretly asked God to show up. I think there's some of y'all in the room. Like, God, if you're real, show up. (laughs) Come in my room. (laughs) I just want to take a moment to say, if God has not personally shown up in your room in physical appearance, it was probably for your own good. Because he's awesome, majestic, amazing. I mean, this is God, not your homeboy, not me, not anybody. He's not like anybody that you see. This is God. I mean, God just showing up, saying, Moses. Imagine the the turn of events as he's just herding sheep, trying to take them over to this you know, on the mountain of God, trying to see this bush that's burning up, and this escalates very quickly. (laughs) God himself, the creator of the universe, God, shows up. And what what does he say? Don't even come any closer. Where you're standing is holy ground. God understands who he is. I think we should. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. There's a whole lot of people there that are staying there right now, and I'm not planning on letting any of them stay there. I'm saving this for my people. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. 
Wow. Moses is herding sheep in a foreign land, walking on a mountain, sees a bush burning up, goes over to see this strange sight. All of a sudden, God shows up, says, look, I have a plan. It's a lot going on. You don't understand it all. But I've heard the cry of my people. So now go. Wow. I think that too many of us approach God now because we have this covenant of grace where God says that we can step into his presence boldly. I think sometimes we take it a little bit for granted. I don't think that we should walk around scared of God. I really 100% don't believe that. I think that we should walk around confident because a God who, who you should be scared of if you're on the other side of is with us and for us and here to help us. But he's not just here to help you do what you want to do. And that's good news. Because your plans are not that good. Like Moses, I'd imagine his plan for his life was not spectacular at that point in time. As he's walking around herding sheep, I don't know what his plan for his life was, but the Bible doesn't even mention it. You want to know why? Because it probably wasn't good. And it wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's plan. So it was somewhat irrelevant. However, God has a good plan. I wonder, I wonder who God has heard crying out these days, who he said, I've come to save them, to rescue them, to bring them out of a place of bondage, to bring them to a good place, I'm sending you. Is that not better than the plan that you can come up with? That God would hear the suffering of people, that God would hear the struggles, the challenges, the trials that people are going through and say, you, I'm here, I wanna introduce myself to you and I want to do this through you. Now notice, I, I wanna read this again, notice, God says, I have come down to rescue them. So now go, I'm sending you. So did Moses rescue the Israelites? Was Moses this person with this amazing plan to rescue people and God just blessed the plan? Was he? Did Moses come up with a plan to rescue people and then God blessed it? So God heard what was going on. Moses wasn't even there. Like Moses was in Midian. God hears what's going on in Egypt and says, I'm gonna do something about that. So God steps out of heaven steps out of heaven, comes down, shows up to Moses and says, look, I'm the God of all these people who have come before you. I've done all these amazing things. You've heard about it. I'm here to talk to you. And I have a plan for your life, but the plan for your life is to do my plan. And I think that if we as young adults could understand that that's the posture that God is taking with us, it would help us a lot. A lot. Because I think one of the biggest struggles that we have is the struggle that we find in trying to do our plan. This is why we need motivational speakers to motivate you to do your plan. Why? Because you come up with a plan and as soon as it gets hard, you start doubting. So then you need motivation. Get up, come on, you got it. Do your plan, be consistent. But we just struggle a lot in that. And I, I just think that if like God, the God who is so majestic that I'd like wanna hide my face if he showed up, 
if that God came and said, look, I have a plan and I'm sending you. That's something I can have a little bit more confidence in than my own plan. And I probably wouldn't waver as much in the midst of it when I'm going through challenges because it's not even my plan. It's God's plan. Who is never challenged? There is no obstacle that he can't overcome. But me, I can be challenged. Somebody can put up some obstacles that's very difficult for me to overcome. And that can discourage me from doing my plan. But what I've found, the reason that I'm here, the reason that I'm doing this is because I've found that I could have a different level of confidence and a different level of faith doing God's plan. And God's plan is not always for you to preach or do ministry in this capacity, but God's plan is for you to do something that he planned. Does that make sense? And so I think there are just a few things that we need to understand about God's plan for us. Point one, God has purposes that are more intricate and more grand than we can comprehend. Like Moses couldn't comprehend the breadth of what God was doing. God was starting a redemption plan that would affect all of humanity by showing up and talking to him. Do you think Moses got that in that moment? Burning bush, God shows up, take your sandals off. All right, okay, cool, sandals off. What are you saying? Go to Egypt, go to Pharaoh, tell him to let all of his slaves go. Wow, that's a lot. Do you think he's thinking that he's going to be a type and shadow of Christ, the son of God, coming and rescuing people out of bondage? He's not thinking about that. But God is, because God's plan is more intricate and more grand than we can ever comprehend. And so what God is coming and telling you to do is a bigger deal than you might even think. What the Holy Spirit is wanting to help you to do is a bigger deal than you might even think. Isaiah 55, God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Take that in for a moment. How many of us try to understand God? I think it's just natural. You can raise your hand. We try to understand him to some capacity. God, what are you doing in this? Why are you doing this in my life? Why did this happen to me? Why is this going on? Why is this happening to this person over here? Why did I pray for this and still this happened? Why is it that while I'm trying to walk with you, I'm facing the biggest challenges that I've ever faced? Why is it that you say I'm healed, but then I still feel sick? And the doctor still says I'm sick. But you say that your word is infallible. You say that if you say that I'm healed, then I'm healed. Why is that? My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. God is saying, I have a plan that I will accomplish. You can rest in that unless you're not following God's plan. And that's a lot of the challenge that I faced for a lot of my life because I am a very ambitious person by nature and I like to put things together and get things done. And I have a lot of experience with chasing my plan and feeling like I'm just going to do this over here. Me and you, God, we're not, we're not going to talk about that. 
That's where I was for like years. Like, yes, I believe in Jesus, but I have this plan over here. And him and I will figure it out along the way. That was really my approach and feeling like, well, if I die, I'm gonna go to heaven. I'm gonna do my plan, but if I die at some point, whoa. I'm gonna do my plan, but if I die at some point, I will go to heaven. That was my mindset. That's a lot of our mindsets. I'm gonna do this over here, but God will forgive me. We'll be good. But God has a plan that is so good. Like the plan that he was bringing to Moses was so amazing, more amazing than Moses could have even imagined. And Moses responds with, what if they don't believe me when I say you sent me? Or like, why me? I'm not even that good at speaking. I don't want to go speak to Pharaoh. What's what's your name? Like, these are the questions that Moses has for God. And when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, everything that God did through Moses' life, the fact that we know Moses' name. Like, all right, if you go on TV, just on national television, and you say, y'all know Vance, right? You guys are the only ones, and then a few other friends that I have who are going to say, yeah. But there are billions who are going to be like, no. I have no idea who that is. But Moses lived thousands of years ago. One dude, first name only. (laughs) And you know him. Like if I say Moses, you're like, yeah, yeah, Moses. Red Sea, right? Moses. Wow. Like, his name rings bells. (laughs) Name holds weight. Is it because Moses had a great plan? Is it because Moses was doing amazing things with the sheep in the desert? Moses just had the craziest flock. Uh, People are like, yo, you heard about Moses' flock? (laughs) No. God had a plan. God had a plan that Moses couldn't even comprehend, couldn't even understand it, way higher than Moses' thought process. God has a plan happening not just for you, but it can include you. God has a plan that's not just for you, but it can include you, and he wants it to. That's why you were created. You weren't created to just have this one linear path of your own life where you accomplish things and you get certain things and you find fulfillment and you get these achievements, and then at the end of it, it's like, yeah, that was cool, worth it. No, God had a plan thousands of years ago that is still unfolding today. We're still in the middle of the Bible. Like the plan that's laid out in scripture, I don't know if you guys know it, but it didn't end yet. Like the Bible still talks about the future that has not come Yet, the Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. You haven't even seen the first heaven yet. And God's all the way there. And his plans include his knowledge of that. And so God's plans include millions of years into the future. For Moses... God stepping into his life, telling him that he has a plan that he wants him to step into, was about much more than just those moments. What he was affecting was even now, in 2019 AD, we know Moses' name. 
Why? Because when Moses said yes, he stepped into something that was way bigger than him. So God has a plan. God has purposes that are much more intricate and more grand than we can even comprehend. Two, God has a plan to accomplish his purposes. What do I mean by this? God has purposes. He heard the children of Israel crying out. He says, all right, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to come down and rescue them. He says, Moses, I'm inviting you to come along with me in doing this. I'm going to do all types of cool stuff through you. Just go. I'll be with you. I'll handle it. That was his response to Moses, was I'm going to be with you. Like God shows up, says, Moses, I've heard all this stuff going on. Moses is like, who are you? What's your name? Takes his shoes off, all that stuff. God is like, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I've had this plan from way back. The Israelites were enslaved for 400 years. From the time of Joseph to the time of Moses is 400 years. Like, so when he says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that was way back. Like, that's like God coming to you and saying, I'm the God of your great, 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 great grandfather and his father and his father. And you're like, who? But because God had used Abraham and God had used Isaac and God had used Jacob, Moses knew their names. What preserved their legacy is what they did in God's plan. Can you imagine how many successful people, according to worldly standards, how many successful people have ever existed? Like, just think about it. I mean, just successful in comparison to their contemporaries. I mean, 2000 BC, they're successful people, according to their standards and according to their plan. And they might have even said, this is God's plan, killing it out here. You have no idea who they are. In God's eyes, everything that they did was irrelevant because it had nothing to do with what he was doing or why he created them. But there are people whose names stand the test of time, not because they're amazing, but because of what they did as a part of what God was doing. You can be a part of something way bigger than you could ever think of, you could ever comprehend, and more than you could ever do yourself, more than your gifts can accomplish, more than your talents can accomplish. You could be a part of something much bigger than that. But God has a plan to accomplish his purposes. And he said it to Moses, even in here. He says, go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, y'all remember them because I did a lot of stuff through them, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. Skip down. The elders of Israel will listen to you. God knew what was going to happen before it happened because God had a plan. God had a plan and God's plan is going to happen. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. This is so specific. Like God is giving him all of the details. Remember how we've talked about the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and will teach you and will help you and will aid you. He will speak to you, but not just to accomplish your plan. God is doing something much bigger that you were designed to be a part of. And he wants to aid you, wants to guide you in doing his plan. God says, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. God already knows this. 
So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. God is in control of so much. God knows how people are going to respond when he sends you to places. God knows who's going to hire you and who won't. And he can decide it. So you don't have to walk into job interviews in fear. When you're walking with God. I don't know if you guys know this, but when this job was offered to me, I had not applied for it. My resume does not speak to a long uh, list of ministries that I've pastored. I had preached like four times ever. And then I walk into an interview with the senior pastor who I hadn't met about being the pastor of Fusion. About a week and a half before that interview, God gives me this dream about the interview going great. And it was just, it wasn't one of, because at the time, I had just started this consulting business that was actually going really, really well. Like, Moses probably wasn't doing amazing things with the sheep in the desert, but I feel like, (laughs) but I feel like me at the time, I I I was doing something decent, you know, to where when it was first mentioned, I'm like, this is strange timing because this is going really well over here. And I had this plan that I was going to be very successful because God is blessing this business. And I felt like God was leading me over here. And now I'm getting offered this job that I didn't even apply for and never thought that I would be looked at for didn't qualify for, so I didn't have my eye on it because I didn't even think I qualified for it. It wasn't even a thought. It wasn't like I looked at it and was like, nah. It, was, it just wasn't even a thought, like no idea. I get spoken to one night that I'm being considered for the job. The next night, because when I first hear it, I'm like, that's cool, but this was going really well, and these checks have been kind of big, <laughs> and this has been dope, and I'm just going to work for myself and do my thing. And so the next night, I have this dream that's so specific about being a pastor here, like starting out with the interview and then flashing forward like months, and then somebody in the dream talking to me about the interview that I had coming up. It was crazy. And when I woke up, it was just so crazy. When I woke up, like I woke up like in a shock, like how Moses probably felt, like hiding his face from the presence of God. The presence of God was so strong in that moment that I woke up like, okay, (laughs) I think I'm supposed to take this. Before it's even like legitimately offered to me, before I even had an interview, God is like, yeah, I want you, I'm I'm sending you here. And so I walked into the interview pretty confident, not confident in that I was going to kill the interview, confident in that I don't have to make up anything. I don't have to beat anybody else. This has been mentioned to me as who I am. And God is sending me as who I am. And if he wants me to have this, he will make it happen. And if he doesn't, then it wasn't his plan. But the challenges that we run into is we're a lot of times trying to do our plan. What if God said that to me 
And then I was like, yeah, but I really like this plan over here. And I'm going to do this. And then I'm striving with this business, going against all these challenges and being eaten at because I know that this was my plan. But when you step into God's plan, there needs to be no striving. There are challenges that you face. There's wrestling that you face against opposition, but there's a difference between wrestling in the spirit realm and striving to make your dreams come true. And the difference a lot of times comes with peace. If you have no peace about what you're pursuing and about what you're doing, it, is, it could be. I won't even say it definitely is. But if you have no peace about it, it's probably your plan. And I'm not saying that everything is easy when you're going with God's plan. And I'm not saying you feel like you always have this overwhelming peace in terms of you're just happy all the time. It's not about being happy. Peace is not about happiness. But there's this peace that can come that even when a storm is happening around you, you just know that God is with you. And because you know that God is with you, there's nothing to fear. And so no matter what's coming up against you, you can have peace. And so God has a plan to accomplish his purposes. Point three, you are invited to join him in his plan to accomplish his purposes. We have to understand this, that we have the opportunity to step into something way bigger than we could ever come up with for ourselves. You have the opportunity to take part in something huge. And in that, you will find your fulfillment. Why? Because God made this plan before he made you. So God made you for his plan. Does that make sense? God made the plan, then made you for his plan. So your fulfillment is found in God's plan. So God is not looking to have you do something that you're going to hate. I never thought that I would ever be happy working for anybody. Like, I was that person. Like, I just can't. <laughs> not for me. Can't work for anybody. Can't be up under anybody's vision because I got my own. <laughs> but that was my plan based on my understanding, and I had no idea what God had waiting for me. Fulfillment. I've never been happy about going to a job until now. I love what I'm doing. And I'm the busiest, working the hardest, working harder than I've ever been, busier than I've ever been, more challenged than I've ever been, and fulfilled. Having peace. Why? Because God is with me. So I don't know if you guys would know this, but man, before I come up here on a Tuesday night, it's not always like the same process where this message is just downloaded into me <laughs> and I just walk up and production already has notes. No, it's different all the time. Sometimes I have the message way in advance. Sometimes I'm still wrestling. Why? Because I don't want it to be my plan. I don't want to come up here and just tell you guys what I think is a good idea. I want to come up here and tell you guys what God is saying. And sometimes it takes peeling through some of the things I'm thinking, some of the frustrations I'm feeling, some of the things that I'm seeing, things that I see in fusion that I'd be like, I should preach on that. <laughs> they tripping. And God's like, no. Because your frustrations aren't determining what I'm wanting to say. I have a much bigger picture. And the people you're thinking about might not even be the people I'm talking to tonight. Or 
the way that you think certain things need to be addressed might not be the way that they should be addressed. And so there's a submission that has to happen and that causes some challenges. And, but so sometimes I feel very well prepared. Sometimes I don't. But you know what I know? God is with me. And I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this for him. And this is a part of his plan. Why? Because he sent me. And Moses could remember as he's walking through Egypt, as he's performing all these signs, as he's facing all this opposition against an army of people who could kill him like this if God allowed it. Who he had no defense against. He can look back on this moment and say, God sent me. God said that he's with me. And that's where my confidence is because I'm in his plan. So God, if this goes wrong, that's not my fault. If I do what you said, but there's a lot of weight hanging on when we do our own plan. There's a lot of pressure we can feel doing the things that we've come up with. But God has a plan to accomplish his purposes and is inviting you to be a part of it. And so we look at the end of Moses's life. God takes Moses on this mountain and he says, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He, he buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, but to this day, no one knows where his grave is. God buried Moses. Like God himself. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. What's your tombstone going to read? In the light of eternity. Because this is thousands of years that we're reading this and we're like, wow. Not because Moses was amazing, not because he was gifted, not because he was talented, but because God had a plan to accomplish his purpose. He invited Moses and Moses said yes and then he stuck with it. And I believe that what God wants to do in this place with us is bigger than we can even comprehend. But if we are only wrapped up in our own plans and our own purposes and what we can see, we won't ever see what God has. But if we say yes, God stepped down. He said, I have stepped down. I've come down to rescue them. That's what Jesus did. And the Holy Spirit came down to help us, to bring us out of any bondage that we're facing, to bring us out of desolate places, dry places, places where we're striving, where we're slaving, places where we're enslaved to sin, brings us into freedom. He's coming to bring us into freedom and he wants to use us to bring other people into freedom. This is what God is wanting. We have the opportunity to step into that. Psalm 103 says that he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. We can know God intimately. We can know God closely, or we could just see him work. That was the difference. And the last thing that I want to close out with is a parable in Matthew 22. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. If somebody could play some keys, that'll make this sound deeper. 
Nah, I'm, I'm really doing that because that's actually a real thing. Um, side note, when Elijah, before he performs this, this miracle on the mountain where fire comes down from heaven, before he starts anything, he says, bring a harpist. Because I know that music will usher in the presence of God. God has done something with music. When Saul was being tormented by a spirit, David came in and played the harp. Because God was moving through it. And so we do this for a reason. I believe Jesus would preach with some keys behind him. So we're going to listen to what Jesus has to say. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. It's like somebody throwing a party and saying, all the food is ready. We have all the catering, all the cakes. It's all ready. You're all invited. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business. One to his job. One to his family that he's not seeking the Lord about how to lead. One to his college. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. As you're seeing, as you're seeing Christianity being attacked from all angles right now in this world. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, not special people. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. God is sending out an invitation to everybody. Are you going to be the person who ignores it and goes his own way? Are you going to be the person who attacks what he's doing and calls evil good and good evil? Or are you going to be the one who says, I appreciate what you've set up. I believe that this is way better than anything I could have even comprehended or thought of. And I want to be a part of what you're doing, God. I want to be a part of something that lasts longer than my lifetime. I want to be a part of something that lasts longer than 100 years. I want what you do through me to echo through eternity. After that, he says, many are called, but few are chosen. You know what the difference is? The people who said yes. Many are called, few are chosen because few say yes. You're all invited. I wanna pray for us. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for what you wanna do through our lives. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would continue to speak to us, that you would speak a plan to us, Lord, that you would call our name. And that we would take off our shoes and listen to what you have to say. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for destiny changing conversations tonight with you, Lord. Lord, I pray that as many are called and few are chosen, I pray that we would be a part of the few who say, yes, we want to be a part of your plan.
Lord, we bind every distraction that would come against your plan in our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, we loose your purpose in our lives and we say, let your kingdom come and let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your plan that affects eternity and that you've invited us to step into it. And we're saying yes. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're in here tonight, and maybe you heard God call your name tonight, maybe you're hearing something in your spirit that sounds like your name being called. And the God of heaven has stepped into your reality and invited you. And you're wanting to say, yes, I'll come with you, God. I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth for one purpose, so that you could have a relationship with God. He died on a cross to pay the price for your sins that separated you from God. And through faith in what he's done and receiving the forgiveness that's available to you, you can step into relationship with God, free, clear, and clean. And if you're wanting to do that tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to think about this tonight. If you're wanting to do that tonight, if you're wanting to say, I hear my name being called and I'm ready to say yes, I want you to put your hand up. Yep. There's hands up all over the building, some of the little T-Rex arms. You can stretch your hand. You can pray this prayer as the believers pray with you. Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe that you love me and that you came to have relationship with me. I will turn away from my plan and I will step into yours. I receive your forgiveness for my sins. Wash me clean, make me new. And I say that you are the leader of my life. I am going to do life with you according to your plan forever. I commit my heart to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate everyone who just made that decision? We can do better than that. Can we celebrate everyone who's made that decision? There's a trajectory change happening right now in a lot of people's lives. God has shown up, he's called your name and he's called you to be a part of his plan. He loves you, we're excited for you. If you just prayed that prayer, there's two things that I want you to do. One, there's a number that I want you to text. Do we have a slide for it, yes or no? Cool, boom. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. If you just text, if you just prayed that prayer, text this number. Text follow to 555-888 because we have seven days of devotions that we wanna to send to you that are going to help you kickstart this journey. Also, uh, right as we close, we're gonna have some of our leaders down here at the front. So if you are a prayer leader, please come down to the front. And if you need prayer for anything, please, 
come pray with somebody. If you gave your life to Jesus tonight, don't leave here without praying with somebody and texting that number. Why? Because the enemy wants to steal that from you and God wants you to keep it through community. He wants us to come alongside you. It's what he's called us to do. We're not called to do this life alone. So if you prayed that prayer, that is a huge deal. Text that number, receive the devotionals and pray with somebody. Cool? Also, if it was your first time here tonight, we have a VIP section right out front with some people who can't wait to meet you. Please go by if you haven't yet. We wanna connect with you. Please don't come in here and just walk out and be antisocial. We wanna meet you, okay? All right, also feel free, hang out. You don't have to leave right now. Speak to some people, kick it, have some fun, take some photos at the photo booth. I love you. See you guys later, you're sent. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.